podcast with James and Jane. Hi, this is James. I wanted to let you know that as well as these podcasts, we deliver at least one free online seminar every month that you're welcome to attend wherever you are in the world. You can learn more about them and register for them via our website, www.worldofwork.io. That's www.worldofwork.io. Hello, this is James. And Jane. And here we are again with another episode of the World of Work podcast. What are we talking about today, Jane? So today we are talking about personal effectiveness. Ooh. Are we going to do it well? Ooh. 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 Uh, so yeah, we're talking about personal effectiveness. Um, so the, the whole series has been about um, self-development and self-reflection, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personal and how development. Can, uh, yeah, and lots around personal development. Um, we've actually got an episode, we've got, you know, an episode on everything from happiness and the role it plays and, and the role work plays in that all the way through to... Um, uh, we're going to be talking about self-regulation as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, um, And this, for me, uh, I pushed quite hard for this. I yeah, you did. You, you liked this one. Well, it's not so much I like it. I just think I've got a lot out of the subject, and I think a lot of people get a lot out of cool. it. I think we all... Um, you only have to look on LinkedIn or Twitter or social media. Everyone's talking about how they are, like, you know... Do these five things and you'll be like an, uh, a great leader. Do one these, simple step yeah, to one, whatever. <laughs> one, this one morning routine changed your life. And yeah. it's all nonsense, right? Yeah. Except that it's not. It's all nonsense that there's one thing. Yeah, the but hyperbole it, around it's it, nonsense. Yeah, right? and the sales and all of that. But the concept of, um, I don't want to give away one of the definitions, but the concept Ooh, of making the most is important. Yeah, okay. Right? And I think that when you, and I also, I'm really conscious that we do an episode on mental well-being, mental health in this series. Mm-hmm. And when I have struggled with my personal effectiveness, it's usually either been a symptom of or a cause. Oh, uh, yeah, they're quite linked, don't they? Yeah, that makes so, sense. So uh, when I'm feeling on top of my game from an effectiveness point of view, I very rarely is that also yeah, when I'm funny, having challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, that's like really important because this is there's lots of things we talk about around looking after your mental health, but this is one of them for me. Yeah. If I'm feeling really effective and on it, yeah, yeah, I yeah. it all fits to together. It, it yeah, fits it together. Really does. So does that make sense? That's yeah, why. That's why I want to talk about it. Um, so yeah, but before we do that, before how are you? That, how am I? I'm pretty good. Um, I've been having a fun time working a bit more on um, some of the web stuff that we've been doing and, and looking at some sort of uh, leadership development programs that we're pulling together, which has been fun. That's always a good thing to do. So hopefully there'll be a bit more on that soon. But it's just great fun trying to spend a bit more time constructing at a high level um, something that I think brings together a lot of what we do. So it's fun. Um, that's me, man. What about you? Uh, I'm good. I'm, that was very high pitched. Sorry, mm, listeners. Good. Um, I'm good. I am. Um, I'm a bit up and down these days, uh, but I think that's just the nature of working alone and for mm. yourself rather than working in a business so I, I find myself having to try and uh be a little bit more uh stable about stuff because I'm conscious that when you're on your own it's a bit different well you've got to pull yourself up all the time I mean the, the rest of the world isn't really that uh, yeah uh, yeah absolutely so I just have I'm just I, I try I'm trying to be a little bit more regular about things yeah, I yeah. do and how I do well, things like routines like. and some good practices well it's funny you should mention that but is yes it? routines is um Routines is definitely a part of that. So, but I'm good. Generally, I'm really good. Cool. And how's Ripley? Mm -hmm. So those of you listeners who are aware or follow our either Instagram or I think she might have even been on Twitter. Mm. I have a dog. Um, That dog was, is instrumental in my work life. So she's part of the reason that I went, uh, moved away from working full time for uh, an organization. Yeah. She's mostly asleep or out on play dates when we record. However, sometimes sometimes she's here and padding around and you occasionally hear padding in the background. Yeah, she'd like to be a guest star. She would like to be a guest star, except that mostly she's not interested in what we talk about. Yeah, she just wants we treats. couldn't ask her about treats and cuddles. Yeah. Uh, she's got a particular soft spot for James. Yes, uh, absolutely. She, he gets a special greeting mm-hmm. when she when oh, he arrives. very nice, very nice. And uh, she's fine, but I will say that she is. she has been asleep for the last three hours. And I, she had a big walk this morning, and I've got a feeling she might misbehave in this episode. Yeah, she might be a little so bit. So if you hear a little panic, I'm really sorry. It's my yeah, dog she'll making be, uh, noises. Saying some hellos to the microphone. As um, long as she's not eating it, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, so we'll see how we go. But it's interesting because um, I guess the reason it's relevant that she's come up 
is that I've had to change quite a significant amount of what I do in my personal yeah. effectiveness since I got a dog. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. an absolute choice I made. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, it's really interesting how much things change. Yeah, it's a change, isn't it? Yeah, it's no different to sort of moving house or moving cities or yeah, changing jobs. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we'll see. Well, I'm looking forward to learning more about all things personal effectiveness. I know it's something that you are pretty passionate about and um, have a I'm fair really bit. I'm passionate about it because I'm so bad at it. <laughs> I was going to say, you've got a fair bit of experience in it. Yeah, um, so I guess before we get into that and before we learn a little bit more, let's uh, check out on how people can get in touch. We've got the website, www.worldofwork.io. People can check out stuff in there. There's lots of different articles that look at different aspects of what we um, cover in the podcast, as well as details of a podcast itself and things like that. So that's a, a useful resource and a way to check out what we're up to. We've also got all the social media stuff. So we've got a Facebook page. We're on LinkedIn um, as individuals and as for World of Work podcast, uh, Instagram. You name it. Twitter is probably the best way to get in touch with us. Um, yeah, please. certainly. It's the, it's the way to have the most sort of direct contact. Yeah, with us, I think. best sort of interactive way for us. Yeah, I would, I would encourage that. I quite like a bit of Twitter. Yeah, it's fun. It's pretty good for us. Um, at The Wow Podcast is where you can get us. At The Wow Podcast. So we'll be there with that. Um, and I guess last call out before we get into stuff is if you like what we're doing, uh, it would be great if you could drop us a review. Um, or some stars on iTunes or whatever platform Ooh, you're star. using. Oh, star. Stars. Give us some stars. Um, yeah, anything like that would be useful. Um, just because it's helpful for us. And, and we do like the feedback as well. So drop us feedback. Give us commentary, uh, comments on stuff we're doing. That would be good. All right. Um, so we're going to do the usual approach to stuff. So we're what gonna... would that be? What would that be, Jane? Should we check out? Well, we... should we check the usual? Because yeah, occasionally... Oh, are you mocking the fact that one time I forgot the order? Yeah, one time. One time. One time out of like 40. It might have 30. been, yeah, probably a bit more than one time, to be honest. No! Um, so, but it's good to reminder. It's good to, to know what you're going to do and visualize it as a, as a way to make sure you do it. So, we're going to do definition discussion first. Then we're going to do research roundup, where we get to hear from Jane. And then we're going to do a list of a week. That's a key one that I forgot last time. Um, then we're going to do some tales from the keyboard and some, you know, personal reflections or top tips before we close up the podcast and get out of here. Um, shall I do some definitions for us? Oh, James, do us some definitions. Oh, what a treat I'm it quite is excited, for everybody. I haven't, I haven't heard one of these. Okay, so we've got five definitions that we're going to run through quickly here. There's task management, time management, personal effectiveness, self-efficacy, efficacy, not efficacy, self-efficacy, however you want to say it. I struggle with it too. Um, self-efficacy. Um, and then routines is the next one we're going to cover, the last of the definitions. So I'll do those in order. I'll start with personal effectiveness. Now, we got this from a website called habitsforwellbeing.com, but there are lots of other um, places where you can get similar definitions. This definition says that personal effectiveness means making use of all the resources, both personal and professional, you have at your disposal, i.e. your talents, strengths, skills, energy, and time, to enable you to master your life and achieve both work and life goals. So for me, that's a little bit grandiose to some extent. I mean, it's like a little bit, you know, master your life is something that's maybe a big, um, a big ambition in there. But I think... I think okay, now you've said it like that. I was, before I was thinking I quite liked it. Now I'm not sure at all. <laughs> I like the things it mentions. I'm just not sure about mastering your life. I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I'm always wary of things that seem, you know, absolute and, and uh, the sort of perfection end of things. I think for me, personal effectiveness is about getting better at this stuff and being more effective and efficient. Um, what do you think? Well, like I said, I quite liked it. And then you just pointed that out. Now, I, the bit that's relevant for me is using your resources. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, that is, for me, the very epitome of why it's worth spending time and effort working on your personal effectiveness. Yeah. You have limited resources, time, effort, brain power, money, all those things. And the more clever you are about how you use them and the more efficient you are at how you use them, the more effective you are, yeah. I think. Yeah. All makes sense. Um, so that is personal effectiveness. Let's knock off two of those things that we have in limited amounts um, next actually or one of them let's talk about time management so time management fits into per, um, personal effectiveness here we've got a, a definition from businessdictionary.com and they say that time management is systemic priority based structuring of time allocation and distribution amongst competing demands that's very businessy isn't it it's quite an efficient definition um, but I think we kind of like what's in there you know, time management is about allocating time, which is a completely finite resource that we've got very little control over. Um, so that's time management. Of a similar nature, we've got task management as well, or a similar phrase, I should say. 
So task management is the process of managing a task through its life cycle. It involves planning, testing, tracking, and reporting. So task management is really something that's a bit sort of project management, and that's a definition from Wikipedia, but it's a concept that it's worth being aware of. Um, then we've got our last two definitions, which are a little bit different. So we've got routines, and here we're looking at Merriam-Webster, and they say that routines are simply a regular course of procedure. And I kind of like that because it implies sort of regularity, which is important of, about routines. But I like the fact that it brings in a procedural aspect as well, because it means that it's not just about, you know, specific things, but it can be that things link together and they are procedural and, and interconnected as opposed to just always, you know, brush my teeth at 7.05. So I kind of like that. And I like brushing my teeth as well. Anyway, um, then the last definition we've got is self-efficacy. I've done it again. No, it's Self- perfect. That was perfect. No, I, no, I totally got it wrong. Self-efficacy. It's a, that's how I should do it with a self-efficacy. Anyway, um, but for this one, we're going to take a definition from um, a Stanford psychologist, somebody called uh, Albert Bandura, who's written a fair bit on this. And he's defined self-efficacy as one's belief in one's ability to succeed in specific situations or accomplish a task. So it's like, you know, how much do you believe in your ability to do something, a specific thing? So that's our sort of definition discussion for this week. I think we've uh, put the building blocks out there to build the mighty building of personal effectiveness that we're going to be building. I don't know where these terminologies are going, these um, metaphors are coming from. I have no the, idea. the building blocks of mighty. Okay. So uh, how did, what did you think of those? You like them? Um, Overall, I think they're, they're very useful. I, I like self-efficacy because I'm getting better at saying it. I, I, <laughs> that's not the only reason. Um, I like self-efficacy. Um, I think I like the procedural aspect of routines and the interconnected amount of stuff. I think time and task management are useful concepts and it's great to talk about them. I'm kind of you know, indifferent to the definitions, I guess. I okay. kind of feel I know that's, what those no, are. No, that's fair enough. So, um, I, yeah, I... I, I'm not sure about the routine one because I, I feel like the re- the whole point of a routine is to achieve something, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't really mention that. It's like procedure for procedure's sake. Oh uh, right, thing. okay, yes, okay, that's a fair, um, fair point. Whereas I kind of sit there and think, you know, the routine is there to do something, right? It's to Fine. give you okay, some sort of form you. over your behaviour or your activity. But you know, generally, you're right. The task and time management it doesn't really matter what they are as long as they work. Yeah, but I, all, I think yeah. I think the bit about making the most of what you have within mm-hmm. that personal effectiveness is important. Yeah. All right, so let's just jump on to Research Roundup then. Do you want to take us through what we're going to cover today? Yeah, so uh, I think we've got quite a lot to get through, uh, I think. But what we thought would be useful is to talk about what, following on from your definition, what personal effectiveness is, what breaks down, what makes it up. Uh And then pick out some elements that have been really effective, uh, certainly for me, around examining. So one will be around time management. Well, in fact, two around time management. One's around uh, a technique called the Pomodoro technique. Okay. The other is about a technique called calendar or diary blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about task management okay. uh, processes. So things like getting things done. And then two elements that I think are really important within personal effectiveness. One is reviews. So daily, weekly, monthly reviews, whatever you choose, but reviewing where you are in terms okay. of your uh, work and actions and behaviors. And the other is about routines. So morning routines, cool. afternoon routines. And, and sometimes people are interchangeable about those. I define them separately. Sure. Um, because for me, routines are about specific times of the day or week, whereas okay. reviews are about what you do. Okay, cool. I'm, like, I'm really looking forward to this because you're much closer to all of this stuff than I am, and I'm really not all that up to speed with it. So it's kind of exciting. Did you hear that, listeners? Did you hear that noise? That was James cranking up the pressure. Oh, yes. Sorry. Should I try again? This is very exciting. Let's see how it goes. Let's let's just see, shall we? It wasn't meant to be pressured. It was just a genuine interest. Good. Okay. So um, we're going to start with uh, the fact that I couldn't find a model of personal effectiveness I liked. Oh, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Jane doesn't like what she's seeing. Mm-hmm. However, I did find a few and I've kind of pulled together two that I like. One is a very simple one that says that um, personal effectiveness breaks down into four sections. Ownership, execution, discipline and learning agility. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure I agree with it, but I like that it brings out different things than I normally see. So ownership being um, 
uh, you understanding what you're taking on and what is your responsibility sure, in executing sure. and it. And you kind of follow it through. Execution, right? execution is around speed, purpose, and how good it is and quality. Mm-hmm. So execution is how well are you doing it, how quickly, and is that in line with what you're expecting? Yeah. Uh, discipline is about, it's about uh, when you are executing the things the way you're structuring it. So it's about things like, are you accurately assessing the risks along the, along the way of what you're doing and making sure it happens? It's about things like proactive communication. So do so. I'm okay. That's one of my biggest weaknesses. So it's the easiest way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really bad at once a project's going well, keeping up regular communications with all the stakeholders. Okay. Um, and and personal faith. It's the same way when I'm knee deep in a, a task, I just get on with it rather than talking to my team. Yeah. Okay. So that's some, one of the places where I am. It. I'm not using my resources. Go back to the definition. Yeah. I'm not using the people around me effectively. Okay. Um, and also not trying not to multitask because it just doesn't work. It doesn't multitasking work for me. doesn't no, isn't it doesn't a thing, work for me. right? No, no, no. It's not a thing. Um, and then the fourth one I mentioned was learning agility, and this is about your approach to things. So constantly being curious, constantly motivated to find new ways to do things. So you're only effective if you keep thinking about how you can be more effective, right? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're just stuck in the 1980s. Yeah. Well, for me. Maybe not for you. Um, and then the second one is something that I've pulled together from three or four different models, which is around what makes up personal effectiveness. And so for this purposes of this, I would argue um, the things that most influence it are time management, task management, goal setting uh, at a higher level, uh, relationships, so managing effective relationships, uh, communication skills, uh, and then taking ownership, which is kind okay. of a, a mixture of the two models. But what we're going to do today in Research Roundup is uh, we're going to focus, like I mentioned, on a couple of those. We're going to focus on time management, we're going to focus on task management and routines and, um, and reviews. Cool. Because they are the things that I find help people most quickly. Yeah, and we've done stuff like goal setting. We've done a whole... Yeah, show, well, absolutely. So you can you can listen to a whole episode. And relationships work. Emotional intelligence would be the episode yeah, I would yeah, start yeah. with. And then maybe trust. Yeah, trust. For uh, us, because yeah. that's also really, yeah, yeah. really helpful. So um, we're going to start with the Pomodoro technique because cool. as, an, as a time management technique, because I find it infinitely helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I still use it, not every day, but I, I still use it regularly. And I find it uh, really useful to explain to people how to review where they are. So the Pomodoro technique is something that purportedly came out of the 80s, like many great things. Mm-hmm. Um, and by a guy called Francesco Cirillo, who's a German-Italian programmer. Uh, he was back at college, he was in college in the 80s, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he read a book about chunking work into manageable oh, right. 25 to 40 minute time blocks to make it easier for your brain to concentrate. The argument being, if you try and concentrate for 50 minutes and you keep going, you, that's it. You'll just, you'll have a big block of time and then it'll be ages before you can get back. So Whereas if you break it into small, time. yeah, exactly. So when you break it into smaller chunks, you get a little recharge time in between, you'll yes. go for in total much longer. Okay. Um, and it also makes your work easier, right? So, so although this is time management, it, it has a little bit of task management in it too. Yep. And he had a little system and he had one of those uh, tomato timers that are big oh, in America. Like the, the top and bottom you ones. You twist the twizzle. tomato and yeah, it goes yeah, off, yeah. which is I where the Pomodoro have, technique yeah, okay, comes cool. from. It's Italian for tomato Which is Italian tomato. for tomato. And obviously Francesco being an Italian, uh, uh, Italian name. And so he had his own little time management paper and it was dead simple. Like all brilliant systems, mm-hmm. you can have an app, you can have an, uh, a computer system, but at their most simple, you can do them on a pen and paper and they work. Mm-hmm. And he had a pen and he had two lists. And basically, he developed it into a place where you divide your time into those chunks. You make sure you have recovery time. The yep. traditional, I think, is 25 minutes working and five minutes off, I okay. think. Okay. Okay. Um, but they tell you to make it your own. And basically what you do is you just, you pick a task and you do that task for 25 minutes. Okay. Um, and you work out how many Pomodoros, which is the 25 minute chunks, sure. it takes you to do a task. And then a number of things happen. One, you get through more work in a day. Yeah. Two, the human brain is just better at concentrating in small amounts of time. So you get better quality work because you're concentrated on it yeah, and you're not okay. like faffing. Um, but also... You start to understand really how much thing, how much time things take. Uh, right. Okay. So you get a pro- So I can now tell you that doing my accounts, my monthly accounts, takes me three pomodoros. Oh, that's cool. Right. Cool. But I wouldn't have told. I would have told you it took me forty-five minutes. 
because it's a monthly yeah, it's just yeah, update it's yeah, yeah, not yeah. you're not it's really absolutely it. yeah. not you're not really and also I used to do it on Friday afternoons it would flow I would mm-hmm. finish it on a Saturday blah 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 so the idea is that you start to get a really strong way so there are three biggest lessons he has a whole book out called the Pomodoro Technique loads of people have bought it but basically the lessons are chunk your work up so you don't yeah. drown in it be really specific so be specific about the task and specific about the time Use physical stimulus to develop flow and focus. So the timer is important because it's physical. Okay. Right? So you are setting something and you are focusing on it and you are putting yourself in that period. And the other phrase they say is commit to each Pomodoro as if you're getting married. Oh, Um, say more for 25 minutes. Is that what it meant? Well, I think for those 25 minutes, you have to commit to it as if you're getting, like, you are in the zone. Fine, okay. So I really like it um, because I've used it for a number of ways, right? So I've used it for people to get a better understanding of how they spend their time. Is this when you're coaching people, do you mean? Or? Yes, or for me. Uh-huh. I've used it when I'm really not sure where my time's going. I've used it when I'm really struggling for motivation. Okay. I've used it when I'm really struggling to break down a really big task. Yep. Because I'll break it into chapters and then, like, say I've got to write a re- massive report. Mm-hmm. I'll break it into chapters and then break them down and I can mix it up. Okay. But I also use it as a way to measure effort versus output. And this is really important to me. Okay. So I'm really passionate about measuring by effort, not output. Yeah. Um, I'm not suggesting FTSE 100 should start measuring by effort. That's not what I'm saying. But for people who are good and intelligent and hardworking, if you keep judging them by their output, you will never get them to do brilliant stuff because they will always focus on what's going to get them the best output number. So if you know, for example, that someone's really good at writing funding bids and they know that they've got some solid, safe ones, they will always go to those if they're measured by output. Yeah. Particularly if they're going to take more than a year. Yeah. If you measure them by effort, it's totally different. And, it's, and, and people stop worrying about failing because they're proud of how long they spent on it. Now, and also it flags up when they're spending too long on stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really good way of developing a language. Um, so I love it. I absolutely love it. What do you think? I like it. I've never used it. Okay. Um, I like the name. I like the story about it. Um, but I've never actually done it. I mean, I, I'm kind of, I'd like to do it. I just never have done it. Um, I guess the first thing that popped into my head, how about it is, I remember having one of those little timers and it went tick, 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 as it went around and that would drive me nuts. So yes, I need to get would, a, a, silent, a silent monitor yeah. to it. Um, I, I can understand the benefits of it. I hadn't thought about it as a way to assess how long it takes. So I really like that side of it. Um, and I like the idea of a discipline around it. One of the things that I think I'd struggle with a little bit if I try and use it is if I'm in in a state of flow at the end of 25 minutes I'd find the required discipline yep. to stop working at that time very difficult and I so one of the things I don't do is I don't religiously use it every day now cool um I use it when I've got appropriate tasks or yeah. when I'm in a place yeah, certain yeah. place in my head um, what I love about it is if I have got uh sometimes I, I don't feel I'm operating at full capacity mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I know why Mm-hmm. So I use it quite a lot to get back up. So I say to myself, I just need to get five really good Pomodoro. It'll help. Ramp. Yeah, I can understand. And then I say, yeah. I'm just going to get six done today. I'm just going to get seven. And then you get you get a far greater satisfaction. Yeah. In my view. Yeah, yeah. I can see for some for some tasks, I could see it being really helpful. Yeah. Um, um, so I quite, it's also a really good language between if you, if you work remotely and don't understand what's taking your team time yeah. loads of time, um, you ask them to do the Pomodoro technique for like a week. Yeah, and so, so see what they're spending like, their yeah, time yeah, to it's do. Like that monitoring thing I yeah. haven't really thought about or assessing or whatever. Yeah, so I really love that. I also cool. really love how well it motivates me. Like I get, all I have is I do it by paper. So I use an electronic timer. Yeah. But I do the actual marking by paper. Fine. And it's a tally chart, like on the oh, side like of a, a Roman numerals. Literally, or... I just write the tasks like, down. Like what? I, like, on... like on a prison wall where they okay, hang down the okay. years. I was just checking. You're yeah, we're talk. You see it on telly. I do. So one of those. Um, but I use it on pen and paper and I really like it. Cool. And also it helps you track a task. Um, if you're a, just a bonus, if you're a freelancer contractor or if you're paid, oh, yeah, your, your really time know. is billed, it works really well for that. Yeah, that's helpful, isn't it? So that's the first one. Cool. Uh, the second one around time management is something called diary or calendar blocking. Have okay. you ever come across that? Um, possibly. I mean, I, I think so, but I'd like to hear what okay. it is before so I commit to it. Very similar purpose, very mm-hmm. different process. And there's two ways of calendar blocking. I'm going to spend both briefly. One is that you plan your time to within five minutes. So if something takes five minutes or longer, it goes in your diary. Yeah. Everything. 
So uh, that might be changing after you've been swimming. You break things down to fine, fine, fine detail. Yeah. Um, it might be walking from the tube to the office, even sure. though normally you would count that within your commute. So you really break it down, but you also block out all your day, yeah. everything. Yeah, so but, your, yeah. your diary will be a riot of colour. Um, and the idea is that you don't... Well, there's a number of reasons for doing it. Um, the most important of which, I think, is you don't start promising to do things you haven't got time to do. Yeah, really powerful. Right? So <laughs> literally, you can show someone your diary and go, when would you like me to do that? Yeah. Because I'm asleep then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and also it starts having an honest conversation about how much time you're leaving for yourself, how much yeah, time you're, yeah. and also sometimes when you think you're working harder than you are, and actually you write it down and go, hang on, what am I doing with that time? Yeah. Uh, again, really effective for letting clients know how, what you're spending your time on, letting your boss, and also figuring out where you're wasting time. Um, but also, if you are easily distracted. It's really helpful to know exactly what you're yeah, meant to be doing at any yeah, given yeah, time. It brings you back in. The danger it? is you can end up with tasks backed up. Yep. So where I found it most effective is where I am coaching people to work a five-day job in four days. Yeah, such that, sort of compressed. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. So they're doing a five-day job. I want to coach them to do it in four days, such that fifth day, or actually two half days is what yeah. I coach. So two half days are free for work that's dumped on them by someone at the last Fine. minute. Fine, oh, I'm with you, I'm with and you, then. Yeah. And then half a day, they should be doing development fun stuff or admin. Fine, fine. And, they ought to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the idea is to get a control over their time. And it doesn't always work like that, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's about getting control over their time. The other way of doing it is as a monitoring similar to Promodoro, sure. which is where you go through a week's process and you literally block your time as it happens. So anything, if you've had time, you then write down, if you did a task, you block Fine. it. Fine. So that's almost retrospective, is that right? As you go, or retrospective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the idea is again to get a, a real understanding of what your time Fine. is, so such that you can piece. you can start making choices. So a lot of the conversation I have with middle managers and senior managers is about what percentage of their time are they doing the work that think they think matters the most. Yep. So uh, I'll say to them like, how much time are you spending on new projects, developing new projects? And they'll yep. say thirty percent. And I'll be like, how much do you want to be spending? Yeah. How yeah, much should yeah. you? And they'll be like seventy. And I'm like, right, so let's work out 70% of four days. Let's work out how you would do that. Let's work out what would need to change. And then let's block it. Let's, let, let's, let's walk, watch what happens if you try yeah, and do that. Yeah, let's try and create it. And, um, and so I, I, people calendar block like for their lives. I couldn't do that. Yeah. But I do it maybe once every six months. Okay. Um, and how long would you do it for? What would you do? Like? Uh, so I do it for a week, but not Monday to Friday. Fine. Because like, I find it really un- unhelpful because Monday to Friday, I'm like on my best behavior. Whereas Wednesday to Wednesday, I just have to get on with it. Fine. And I find that really, really useful. Cool. Um, and it's, it's quite popular. Uh, lots of people do it manually and make it all pretty. Mm-hmm. And they make it look all glamorous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it's not really, that's not really my bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works really well if you are a calendar-driven person. Yeah. So, so I've done um, bits of that. I haven't done the, the sort of retrospective, how long did it take using a calendar? I've done similar stuff. Um, without using calendars. With a blocking out my time, I've done it, but I haven't done it as religiously, but I can see why there's a lot of benefit to it. Um, one thing that it's not exactly the same as this, but I think is relevant is when I've worked in teams where I've worked with a lot of people and maybe I've needed to review stuff and, and we're trying to manage sort of more complicated interconnected deliverables, I've asked people to block time in my calendar for things like review and just to help try and structure my time as... Um, as somebody in the team as well. Is that the kind of stuff that you've done? Or? Uh, yes, yes. I think one of the most important things is to understand what helps you in terms of what the format is. So some people are email-driven, some people are calendar-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm... Um, and, and I don't mean you ignore the other, yeah, yeah, yeah. but... And some people are personal task list-driven. Yeah. Um, I am fundamentally calendar-driven because I'm, I'm an ex-event manager and yeah. everything is about deadlines and sure. timings. So for me, the easiest way of ensuring I'm doing things is putting it in my diary. Yeah. And therefore, um, when I have, I don't have, I actually don't have a task list controversially, Ooh. which, yeah, well, we'll get on to how, just how bad that probably is. But I just, I've come to the conclusion it doesn't work for me. Sure. What does work for me is a combination of an appointment every morning with what I haven't done that's due that day and an email system that works for me. Yeah. Uh, which I'll explain a bit in a minute. Okay. But uh, so for me, if you are wanting to start somewhere... Tracking mm-hmm. your time is absolutely your place to start. That's why I wanted to talk about it first. If you don't know where to start about personal effectiveness, and this stuff is sounding kind of familiar, like you don't really yeah, know what yeah, you're spending yeah. your time on, or you're in meetings too much, or whatever it is, 
Um, if you start one of these exercises to see where your time is going, mm-hmm. it helps. It yeah. just You've got to helps. understand the current state before you do yeah. anything about it, right? You just you Yeah, so do. I'm a massive fan of that. So um, moving on then to, you might have heard this, so we're going to talk about task management now mm-hmm. um, and something called getting things done. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? I've heard a phrase, but I've never Okay, really so it, it is a manual. <laughs> it's a manual for stress-free productivity. Ooh, so this is where good. we do, uh, we sort of, come into sort of what is traditionally known as productivity tools. Yeah. Dave Allen. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think he's a Dave. I think he might be a David. Uh, it's very patented. God knows if I'm allowed to talk about it, but mm-hmm. it's also very well used. And it's, it's a, it's a quite a complex system of lists, reminders, and weekly reviews okay. uh, to help you manage your task list. And there's something called a collection basket and it's all very complicated. But effectively what he argues is that you need a single place for all of your data to come in. Okay. So you either need to send everything to an inbox or a folder or a physical notebook, mm-hmm. but your your email should not be your like one of many collectors. You should have a place where all your tasks are coming. So it's either your email or your to do list or your although calendar he, yeah or... although it doesn't work brilliantly with email. Like you use email as part of it, but his argument would be you should be going through your emails, filing them, and in the meantime writing down then a task fine and keep yeah yeah fine so but his point is you need one collection bucket right and that keeps you focused your golden source and it's not in your head yeah (laughs) and that's the point right it's not in your head you also need a next action list for every project right okay so you write write down all your projects and then you have a next action what's the next thing you need to do don't worry about the rest like obviously it's great if you've got them all make sure you've got the next thing because you'll always move on to it and then he argues that once a week you have to review everything in the way you structure it what, 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 everything? Like everything in there? So or, every, or your, tasks, your project your projects? list. Yep. So what are your projects? You review your task list. You yep. review um, what he calls your contexts. Okay. So one of the things that's unique about getting things done is he suggests you group tasks by context. Okay. And what that means is instead of by project, which is what traditionally you do, you get yeah. a project file or yeah, a yeah, folder totally, out yeah. and you, you start working on it. He would say, have a task list that has a little list under phone, a little list under email, a little list under meeting, a little list under your line manager's name, yeah. and lots of different contexts. And you might have an errands list, for example, or a home list, or a partner list, or a kid list, or yeah. a dog list, or whatever. And the, uh, um, But you also, the idea is, where do you have to be to do that task? Fine, okay. So uh, group all your phone tasks together, because if you're in the mood for phone calls, you're in the mood for phone calls. And, you, if, Once you, you've and if you've phone. got a quiet room... And you're making phone calls. That's ideal, right? Yeah. Whereas if you can't really make phone calls on the train, so there's no point trying to do things. So you want to open up, you know, if you haven't got power and you haven't got a phone, yeah. what are the things you've got at your sure. resources? Sure, sure, sure. You can't do errands in the office, so don't try. If you're remote working, have, have the office as one of the places. Yeah. And his idea is that you have a list of projects and a list of contexts. And you, you do your tasks by the context, but you track your tasks by your project. Fine. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Good. Sort of a matrix view on how you Yeah, and so his, he has a process diagram, um, which you can Google really easily. And effectively, it says stuff comes in. If it's going to take you more than two minutes, do not it. for right now. If it's going to take you less than two minutes, do it. Yeah. And then if it's not going to take you two minutes, either it is, goes on your task list because it's a single option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's breakdownable, in which case it becomes a project and the first action goes on. Okay. Or you can delegate it. Okay. Or you can wait for someone. So you could nip back a two-minute email saying, oi, you've forgotten to send me the uh, attachment. Yeah. And then it goes into the wait file for the response. And and here's the, the two other files, one or two, I can't remember, but that I think he has that are most important. I can't remember if he merges them or separates them, but they're called Someday and Reference. Okay. Someday is probably the most powerful thing I've ever had in my email. So I put it in my email, but he, he just says you have a folder. Mm-hmm. Someday is all the stuff that comes in that you would like to spend time looking at, but isn't a priority right now. Fine. So you go into it on your terms. So my someday folder is my train folder. Oh, right. Yeah. Right? When you've got that. When I know space. I'm not concentrating yeah. enough to do anything else, but I flick through everything that's in there. It's all the emails that people say, hey, Jane, have you seen this? What do you think? And mm-hmm. I, it's not part of my work, but I'd like to help if I could. So uh, someday's great. And references, I'm done with this, but I don't want to lose it. And it just okay, goes in yeah. a big folder. Now, I don't use everything he says. Okay. I find it overly complex and I'm bad at sticking to it. Okay. But there are elements of it I think are near genius, someday being one of them. Because the idea is that you should never have an email in your inbox if you know it's either someday reference waiting or going on the task list. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah How yeah. easy is that? So, so we looked at some productivity tools when I was working and it sounds like the, the thing that 
we spoke to people about is a bit of an amalgam of these different things. We had the four Ds of email management, which is basically pulling some of this stuff together from what I can tell. So we said that whenever you get an email, you should do one of the four Ds. And the four Ds that we had were do, delete, delegate, or defer. Which oh, kind so of, that's from GTD? Yeah, so it's basically... Okay, cool. So I knew the language is, was similar. That is absolutely... Just, yeah. That's his language from gotcha. one stage. So he, when it first comes in, you do it, you delegate it, you delete it, or you defer it to either some, uh, some other some, time yeah. or to... Uh, I think waiting goes Fine. in there as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know it sounded... Language sounded Yeah, yeah, the same, it's really just, similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the problem with it is it's really complicated in, in full. It's mm-hmm. genius if you can get it to work as a whole system, Fine. but my word, you have to stick to it. Fine. And, and, and so very quickly I became of the opinion that I'm just, I'm not at my desk enough to be able to do that in that way. Sure, sure. And I'm not, I'm not splint enough, but I've taken loads of elements of it. Cool. But I would definitely think if you're a systems-based person and if you um, have never done task management before, there's a book, there's mm-hmm. leaflets, it's worth reading, it's definitely helpful, it's definitely, you will learn something from it even if you choose not to do it exactly in that way. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, and the most important thing is you stop trying to remember things. And that's the point of all these systems. We take up a huge amount of our brain power trying to work out what we're remembering or forgetting because we're not sure where we've put it. Is it on our task list? Is it in our email? Has someone emailed me about it? Have I chased that person? The idea of having a system is to know that it's being caught everywhere. Yeah, and you've just got about one... Yeah, Source. and and the, the the problem with GTD is that it falls down completely if you don't do the review every week because you have to go mm-hmm. through all of those photos and make sure that everything's yeah, in the yeah, right yeah. place and that you've got the right context and projects. But that I would argue that's true for everything. Yeah, I think so. Um, I have a system and I still have to review it. I probably get away with two weeks. Fine. Um, but so the way I do it and it's slightly different is although I'm calendar driven, I'm really bad with emails. Okay. And I do two things. One is I read them and don't do anything about them. Okay. So they don't go anywhere. They sit in my inbox and then I just keep rereading them. That's a ridiculous waste of time. Um, And the other is that uh, I am not always brilliant at acknowledging what I don't really need to do right now because I want to think about it. So I have an empty inbox. It's empty as of today. I think I've got four emails that have come since we started recording. Um, but I have, I've simplified his system a little bit and I have an inbox, which should be empty. I then have a this week, not this week. Okay. And then I have the same as him underneath. So someday reference waiting. And the idea is either I do it or I need to do it this week or I don't need to do it this week. And I don't put it in my diary. If it's a task, it doesn't go in my diary unless it's this week. Gotcha. Because I'm not going to know what I'm doing next week. So I need to decide when I look next week at planning my week, which of those tasks I want to do. Yeah, that makes and sense. And what, what it stops me from doing, and I have a real problem with saying yes to stuff, putting it in my diary, and then something more important comes along yeah, yeah. two days later, and I've screwed my diary because I've promised someone else I'm doing something. And then suddenly I'm, I'm working. Yeah, you get them. And I said this to you when, when you came in this morning. Why yeah. have I scheduled all this stuff to come off this mm-hmm. week when mm-hmm. there's no deadline this week? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I do my review on a Thursday, mm-hmm. personally, because I'm really bad at, Finishing early on a Friday, mm-hmm. if I feel like it. So then I haven't done my review because it's the first thing that goes. Sure. So I do it on a Thursday or occasionally first thing Friday morning, but usually on a Thursday. And I look at my following week, I plan my travel, um, and then I go through my folders and I go through my this week folder. Have I finished everything? If I haven't, what needs to be done on Friday and what needs to be deferred to next week? Yeah. I go through my not this week folder, move it into my this week folder, or it stays in not this week because also it doesn't need to be done next week. Yeah. And it's, it's the simplest way that I have found to control my task list that's manageable. Yeah. Because then I can see this week. And I know what's realistic. And I have to have an honest conversation when I put my... I literally, I look at it and I go, hang on. Yeah. It's not happening this week. Let's not pretend it's happening this week. And the question to me always in a task is, do I do it now? Do I do it this week? Or is it not this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not is it next week? Not is it the week after? Just is it not this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, so that's my top tip of a sort of messing around with GTD. But I really love GTD. I can't use it in its fullest because I'm just, I don't have that kind of systems approach. Mm-hmm. But I, it probably is the one thing that most changed my attitude about task management. Yeah, that's good. So I would encourage you to have a look at that one. Yeah, sounds like there's lots of really good stuff in there. Yeah, I think, I think he makes those really good points, actually. He's just, sometimes it's a bit complicated. Yeah, you know, a lot of it, um, I did a lot of project management. A lot of my background's been sort of program delivery type work. And there's a lot of crossover between what's in here uh, or what I've heard you describe in things like, you know, a project management office function and the way you run it and 
your weekly reviews and your status reports yeah. and your actions and all that kind of stuff. So the the the. The listeners who've heard, listened to the episode we did on huddles, mm-hmm. yeah, huddles, right? Do you remember that I had a bit of a moment in huddles where I went, oh, they're terrible. And then I went, oh, no, we do them. Mm. And they were. So one of the things that I find really interesting is project management, event management, and task management yeah. tend to all come from the same brain type yeah. thing. So if you know one, it's very easy to dip mm. into another. If mm-hmm. it's all new to you, it can be quite hard. Yeah. So... To move on from that, I think it would be useful to look at two elements that can make it easier for people. Um, one is reviews and the other is routine. So we've talked about reviews a little bit already because they, they crop yeah. up in um, David Allen's Getting Things Done. Um, and reviews and routines are, when they're done effectively, probably the, the, they're like the, I don't know, golden bullets of task management. The Batman and Robin. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So um, reviews can take place on a daily, weekly, monthly, fortnightly, yearly. You know, there's no there's no rules uh-huh. within getting things done. They're weekly. Yeah. Um, and uh, within and then he also suggests occasionally doing a check in. I think quarterly. Yeah. Um, okay. Around what type of work you're doing and and whether it's still relevant, etc. Um, I do mine fortnightly. Um, sometimes occasionally I do them weekly, but mostly I do them fortnightly because I don't trust myself to do them weekly. And mm-hmm. so fortnightly, anything longer than fortnightly feels a bit like I've left it too long. Um, but I also do a daily review, which takes about five minutes. Sure. And I'm I, that fits into my routine, so I'm going to explain it in a bit. But um, do you do weekly reviews? Well, you know, at the minute I'm doing it less than I used to, but I, I think I, I pretty much do. I mean, like for me, I tend to structure stuff when I'm looking at this around an information center. So I tend to either on, well, when I was employed on Friday afternoons, I'd have time blocked out to review my week. So I'd give myself 60 to 90 minutes at the end of each Friday to check in on where I am. And then I'd use that to update an information center, which is basically um, a way to capture a certain amount of information. And I, I tend to work with a task list for myself, which kind of is in the form of a project plan is the way I'd run it myself. But I, I would basically do that check-in on a Friday afternoon, and I'd do it weekly. And or at least I'd have it in my calendar yeah. weekly. So it was interesting. You, you said you did it 60 to 90 minutes. I was going to ask you, how long is yours? Because without question, they always end up longer than I want them to be. And the more longer they are, the less likely you are to do them, yeah. which is kind of that eternal challenge. So in, in short, what is a review? It is about choosing a particular period of time, and it might be the day, the week, the month, whatever. And it's about... Um, Good ones, for me, involve looking back, checking that everything that was meant to be done has been done. If it hasn't, then what needs to be shifted onto your future week or your future months? Let's, yeah. let's talk weekly for the, for the sake of this. Yeah. So it's about looking back. Um, I like to use it for a period of self-reflection as well. What's gone well? What hasn't gone well? What should I have done differently? Um, it has, uh, if you're using something like the Pomodoro Technique, um, or a time management system, it's a really good way of totting up at the end of the week. Sure. I've spent, yep, you know, 15 on. Pomodoros on admin and I really don't want to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, or I'm really pleased I've only spent three and it's been really successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's a really good time for that. And then within the context of looking forward, it's about, for me, it's about looking in my Not This Week folder. Yeah. Uh, for for Dave, David Allen, it would be about reviewing your projects, making sure you've got a next action on each of them so that you know yeah. what that next step yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. It would be about checking your context. Are they all still relevant? You know, if you've got one for your line managers, it's still the same person. Yeah. Um, and it's about, I also use it as a period for travel. So looking back and forward of my travel, making sure I've done my expensive, yeah. or at least I know when I'm going to do them. And then looking forward and working out and planning where I'm going to be in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about dedicated period of time when no one talks to you, ideally, and you literally go through the logistics of your work life for yeah. that previous week and that forward week. Um, the reason I do it instantly for fortnightly is because of travel planning is so expensive if you only do it a week in advance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if I've done it fortnightly, I tend to feel better about it. And a good review is reflective. So you spend time thinking not just about the process, but whether, you know, what are you doing within it? Does it yeah, work? No, is it, is the process it's ref- still good? It's reflective. It's a, um, it's robust, so it can handle a few knocks. It can handle you doing it in 20 minutes one day because you're really struggling. Yeah. Or it can handle um, when you realize you've got a totally different type of work for the next three months. Um, and it's regular. It has to be regular. 
And that's the other reason I do it fortnightly because I can guarantee I'll do it fortnightly. I can't guarantee I'll do yeah. it weekly. Yeah, yeah, and I would rather do it fortnightly it, and occasionally do an extra one mm-hmm. than do it weekly. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes sense. It's, it's such good practice, right? I mean, yeah. so often we put off putting time into managing how we're doing things because it doesn't feel like it's real work. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It feels like that's not for real work. I should be doing for real work. But actually, it's just as important. And I think giving yourself permission and, and allocating time and making sure that you understand that this stuff is part of work and part of helping you do your best, then it's, um, then it's effective. Yeah, and I think, I think if you're working a team particularly, mm. um, it's a really good way to be more hands-off in management. Because you can say to people, just sh- just share with me what's what your review looked like, this yeah, week, rather yeah, than going yeah. through the detail. Um, and similarly, if people are new to it, it allows them to gain some control over the work and share. And if you're going to um, integrate your team into a t- task management or an on- online management system yeah. or a CRM system that's going to track their their, their tasks, yeah. then they're already halfway there, yeah. which is exceptionally helpful. Um, so. Yeah, I'm really super passionate about reviews. I do different things depending on different. So at the end of the day, um, I don't do a review anymore because I do it with you in the huddle in the morning where we look at what's gone well and what's gone bad the day before. And then for the week, I do, as I say, a fortnightly full task exercise. And then I would say, I'd love to say it's every three months, like every quarter. It's not. It's when I feel like it on a Sunday afternoon usually. Um, And if I've been up a big walk and I've got the laptop out, and I, I might do my finances and then I'll be like, oh, I might just go and have a look at where I, I am. I love doing that sort of quarterly look ahead, you know, that 12-week rolling. Yeah, and I out. just, I, what I do is I have a really high-level Trello board, which is yep. a task board, with my travel for the year. Okay. And it, it just gives me a sense of roughly when I've got dates in because then I can start building my calendar. So if I'm in London, in, I know I'm in London in October, so I'm going to book an extra day down there. Yeah, start to plan around myself. it. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, and so that quarterly look gives me a sense. It's also when I can tell my partner when I know, because I'm like, right, I know where I'm going to be for the next three months roughly. Yeah. And this is what it looks like. And this is when you're going to have the dog. And, it, and for me, doing that forward look helps me think it a bit more of a strategic level, like you alluded to earlier. Are the things I'm doing still aligned with where I want to be, with the right type of work for me? All that kind of stuff comes in at that higher level view for me, at least. Exactly. So uh, I strongly advise you to uh, read a bit more about reviews if you're listening, particularly if you struggle with managing your own time. Um, And so for the first year I did it, I made myself a rule. If I did 20 reviews a year, I'd won. That was it. They could be rubbish. They could be five minutes. They could be like there was, of course, they weren't because that's not what happens. But for me, the way I set my goal was I need to do 20. Yeah. So what happened, of course, me being me, is I stuck to them religiously for the first six months. Yeah, and then did, and did them mostly the weekly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. at least I felt like yeah, I'd yeah, got yeah, into yeah, the habit. Yeah, you've learned it. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm with so, uh, yeah, really important. And I don't know any task management systems that don't have some form of review. So yeah. it's really worth getting used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the most successful I've ever been is when I've had my own notebook just for my reviews. Okay. Uh, nothing goes in there except my reviews. And yeah. so uh, that's a really good way of noting where I am, what I've changed. Because I went through a period of changing my context loads when I was doing getting things done. And I kept changing back and forward. And then I started keeping a diary about what I was changing in my review. And then it stopped. Yeah, because I was like, went, I remember yeah, why yeah, I don't yeah, do yeah. this. Okay. And then the last, um, the last sort of nut, no, element. Nugget? You were about to say. No, it was nugget? awful you're... phrase. Awful phrase. The last routine. Nugget. Yeah, okay. Uh, is routines. Okay. So this, oh, if you go on social media, everyone's obsessed with what their morning routine is and their evening Well, routine. I was up at 12.37 this morning for yeah. 16 minutes of eating walnuts, followed by an olive oil bath and yeah, a nice that. shower. All and of then, that. Yeah, all of that. We've um, all done that. And right? also, I mean, a review is a routine, right? That yeah. we've just talked about. Mm-hmm. But I want to I call out particularly morning and evening routines for two reasons. Um, and you can feel free to shoot me. Okay. So, <laughs> or not, or agree with me. Yep. Um, I'm going to call out evening routines first. Because it's the one I fail at consistently. Okay. Um, and, and call out sleep hygiene. Oh, great. Yeah. So I talk about this a lot with people who uh, find themselves so, uh, surfing on social media when they go to bed, mm-hmm. reading a book, watching telly. Mm-hmm. And therefore they don't... I, I say, what time do you go to bed? And they're like, oh, it depends. You know, I fall asleep about this time when I'm watching telly and then whatever. And um, forget whether you're successful at work. Sleep hygiene is important, right? Totally. Darkness when you go to sleep, and this is someone who fell asleep on the sofa last night. Hmm. Uh, darkness when you go to sleep is important. It's yeah. good for you. It's, it's all like what, melanin. It's what it? recharges your body. So trying to go to bed at a similar time, I'm not saying don't ever go out, but yeah. try and go to bed at a similar time most, most nights. Turn the lights off. Be deliberate. Like everything else we talk about, be deliberate about going to bed. This is yeah. when I'm going to bed and this is when I'm going to sleep. 
Um, if you have a partner that goes to bed earlier and you use as an excuse to go to bed. Great. It's really helpful. The earlier you go to bed, the better life is. It's yeah. kind of what I've decided. But. Yeah, I mean, we're old, admittedly. I understand this <laughs> is what I'm saying. And, and if you're not old and you're still out partying, that's fine. But still, you can have good sleep hygiene, right? Yeah, and be deliberate about it. And, the, and, and if you do like a drink, or if you do like to, you know, stay out late and get tired, the more they're routines, the less likely you have to think about it when you come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, and by routines, I mean, turn the light off. Have comfortable sleepwear. People don't talk about that enough. No. Have proper, dedicated, comfortable sleepwear. Do not sleep in a t-shirt and whatever's left over. Right? That's not good for you. Um, have comfortable sleepwear. Get into bed. Have a glass of water by your bed. Turn your phones off. Put them somewhere. If you can't turn them off because they've got the alarm, buy an alarm clock. You're not that broke if you've got an iPhone yeah. or whatever else it is. But if you really can't, just put it somewhere else. Plug it in because there's nothing worse than waking up past your alarm because you forgot to plug your phone in. Um, turn it off. experience there, I think. Yeah, that's, that's happened twice. <laughs> um, uh, I used to happen a lot more. So, and, and, and the most important thing is, right, don't do any of the things I tell you. Try them and figure out yeah, what works in your routine. A really good sleep routine is about, I would argue, seven to ten minutes long. Right? It takes okay. about half an hour to detox. So I'm not talking about the time. You can build to that. I'm not yeah. talking about the time from, you know, you decide to go to yeah, bed to and all of that. And, I yeah. am just talking about the five five minutes, seven minutes when you're brushing your teeth, getting ready for bed, but be deliberate about it. Because mm-hmm. um, too many people in this world are falling asleep in front of the telly. And then waking up half an hour later and then wandering through to the mm-hmm. bathroom and then kind of half brushing their teeth because they're yeah. not really awake and then crawling into bed with their T-shirt on. Mm-hmm. They just are. I just know it because yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I'm the only one mm-hmm. that had this problem. Um, so my evening routine is just focus on sleep hygiene. That's all that matters. Yeah, it's good. Focus on making sure the light's off. There's no light coming in. Focus on the fact you're in bed because you want to be at a time you want to be. And when you wake up in the morning, what time do I go to bed? I don't know. It's not an answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have an evening routine? Do I have an evening routine? I think I do. Um, I'm kind of maybe less intentionally structured than I should be about it, but I basically do. I mean, I know I like to go to bed early. Um, I do like to watch some things, um, with my girlfriend before we go to sleep, sometimes in bed, sometimes not. Um, but I will, you know, do the tooth thing, get, um, I'll, I'll actually floss my teeth first because I've been learning about yay. flossing. Yay! My dad's dentist. Yay, <laughs> yay, yay. Get toothpicks too. Yeah, I've also, got... Um, you need both. Yeah. Dental hygiene people. Yeah, I know. I'm in Teeth a, are expensive. I'm in a quandary because I, I use these little plastic things, but I know that they're environmentally really bad. Why don't you use the wooden ones? Well, I've got like a thing that's like a, a floss and a pick all at uh, the same time, which is nice, but environmentally really unconscionable. Anyway. We always end up talking about your teeth. <laughs> I don't know on. what it is. Anyway... Um, that's unhelpful, but I, I floss my teeth, I'll brush my teeth, I'll get changed and ready for bed and I'll get into bed. Sometimes I watch something in bed, sometimes I won't. Um, but I do tend actually to listen to some stuff when I'm going to sleep as well. So everyone's got different approaches, but I... I How do you turn it off then? I, I have a timer. Oh, okay. So that's loud. Yeah. So I've got a timer no, that's um, loud. on my device. It'll turn it off after. Okay. That's really, that's allowed. Um, and I'll do that. And I tend to... Depending on how things are, if I'm a little bit more awake, I'll listen to something a bit new. But if I know I'm a bit tired, I'll listen to something that I've heard a few times yeah. that I like. And that just kind of helps me go. Okay. Um, I also, though I don't really do it now, I like having a sort of white noise yeah. to help me sleep. So I've, in the past... And you can, you can get apps. Yeah, you get apps or, or in the past I've used a fan, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think things like having a window open is great as well in terms of managing the air. Yeah. So all that stuff fits into broadly what my okay. so, routine is. You can read about a million of them on the internet. We're not suggesting you copy any of them. Mm-hmm. The point is, be deliberate, yeah, right? Yeah, I think it's just right like everything you. else we talk about. Be a bit deliberate about it. Mm-hmm. And then morning routine. Um, this one is not... I'm not going to even dare to comment about morning routines Okay. Uh, in terms of what's effective. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give a very personal... And you, if you're really good at getting up in the morning, right? Seriously, you don't need to listen to this bit. Because yeah. I, am, I am like... A grade 101 while you're already ahead of me. Um, but some very practical, if you're really bad in the morning, firstly, you will always be bad until you get your sleep hygiene at night done. That's so, so true. So true. But even if you do, you will struggle. So my suggestions are, number one, get a dog. <laughs> okay. I can't I can't stay in bed because she just looks at me like I'm evil and then decides to whinge. And she yep. doesn't whinge much, but she whinges when I don't get out of bed. Uh, so number one, try and get a dog. If you can't do it, get a dog. Um, when you go traveling next... East, so backwards in time, 
right? Not backwards in time, obviously, but, but like, the clocks are going back. So, so when you go... If you go east, then you're moving west. later in the day. I'm really yeah, bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm right, really bad at my east and west. Yep. So when, if you go, uh, so the, so if, for example, if you're in the UK when you go to America, yeah. Right. Be prepared before you go on holiday or travel to make the change when you come back. Yeah. Okay. Because without question, that is a brilliant time to make the change because I've done it and it worked. Okay. I yeah, see. What I you got mean. it yeah, to yeah, stick. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd gone somewhere, um, I'd gone to Cuba, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, I think it's like two or three hours difference only. I don't know. But it's enough that when I came back, I had got used to getting up at the time that I would normally get up because uh, yeah, I was see, on a cycling see, holiday. Yeah. And so when I came back, 6.30 didn't feel that bad. And, yeah. it, and I swear it worked. It was How amazing. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was really, really good. And what I would say is uh, that whatever you can do to get your body out of bed it doesn't matter just get it out of bed and don't get back in that's like i i, I know this sounds uh, was, really yeah. basic but get out and don't get back in yeah. right because because if you can do that breakthrough i think it's about three minutes okay. i've worked out i think for me and i've spoken to a couple of people about this it's about three minutes that it takes me to not then want to get back into bed so having as long been as out, i'm out for yeah, three minutes okay. And also, um, if it's winter, don't have a shower in the morning. That's another massive thing. Have a shower oh, wow. at night because it's cold and you want to get back in bed. Oh, I see. Or yeah, you want to yeah, go yeah. and dry or you want to go and sit somewhere and you just don't do what you're meant to do. Does, does that, these, so these are really simple, yeah, stupid things, right? But I cannot tell you how hard mm-hmm. I found it to change that. It was the thing that nearly like, yeah, yeah, really yeah. struggled. Um, and then the other thing I did for a while, I did lots of things to fix it, was mm. I made, I gave myself a reward in the morning if I got up. Okay. So I love Pilates. Okay. It's really expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, for about two months, that 15 years ago, I had a personal Pilates lesson. Oh, wow. Right? Wow. You can't not show up when there's just yeah, one yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. I know someone else who does tennis at six Fine. in the morning. Okay. And th- they don't do it. They like, it sounds really, right, it's so funny. It's like, oh my God, he has a tennis lesson twice a week at 6 a.m. That sounds so glamorous. Yeah. No, it's because he's scared he won't get out of bed. Which I love. I just love that. Um, He's like, there's no way I'm getting out of bed. And uh, and you can't let someone down. You just can't, can't. right? It's different. If you're in a group, you can. Mm. Can't let one person down. Um, Especially if you need to pay them. Yes, of course. Uh, So all of those things help um, because, and it is doable, you can change it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I promise you, you can change it. So that's yeah. just a shout out for the people in the morning. Yeah, that's kind of cool. What's your, do you have a morning routine? Uh, I get up and I get out of bed. Do you make the bed? <laughs> yeah, always make a bed. Um, so I'm new to making the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I only picked this up the last few years. No, so... Making the bed's amazing. Yeah, it means it's really hard to go back. Um, yeah, but also you walk past your bedroom and you're like, look at my bedroom, I've yeah, got Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? And yeah, I'm yeah. giving up all my secrets here. Yeah, yeah. That I don't make the bed. I'm pretty good in the mornings, right? I mean, like, generally, I'm, I going back to sleep isn't something that I normally face as a challenge. Um, in fact, sometimes I'd want to go back to sleep and can't do it. It's more of a challenge I get. Um, but generally, I'm pretty happy about it. Cool. Is that our research roundup then, do we think? So that for me is probably quite a long, sorry, research That's roundup. But stuff, um, yeah. and, and it's absolutely, there's like a billion things we could have put in that. Of course, yeah. But we just thought it'd be really useful, some of the really practical things that will, uh, those routines, those reviews, and then this task and time management that I think is really helpful. Yeah. Cool. Should I do a very quick list of the week for people? Yeah, I think we've snuck in a bit of research in there. I think we might have done a little bit as well. Um, So what we've got um, is a list of the week for you, which is kind of researchy. And it's it's a list of seven principles of personal effectiveness. Um, And hopefully it's something that that you find a bit useful. Again, it's just kind of like basic, um, you know, basic things to think about. But hopefully it's a bit helpful for you. And what's fun is it addresses the problem. And you can remember it by address. <laughs> Silly, huh? Um, so A-D-D-R-E-S-S is the, uh, the, the first letters, are the first letters of what we're looking at here. So to be more um, personally effective, you should follow these seven principles. And the first one says accept responsibility. Now, you talked about this a little bit earlier, Jen, when you talked about things like ownership, and that, that fits in there. But you need to have ownership and, and to accept your responsibility for all the things that you're trying to manage, including your personal effectiveness. The first D, then, is define success. You need to start with the end in mind. You need to know where you're going and, and what, I guess, good looks like so that you can understand if you're being effective in reaching it. 
for next day is to develop a system you trust. So we talked about getting things done earlier and there are lots of different processes and systems that people can use. And, you know, you can adopt one that somebody else uses or you can create a system of your own based on influence from others. But what you want to do to be effective is to have a process or a system that works for you. It's really important that you have some sort of system because otherwise it's really hard to do this stuff. Um, the R is recruit your stakeholders. Now, what this is about, I believe, is about trying to make sure that you know you are working with people that fit within your framework and that, that you've had conversations with about the way that your framework works and you're all on the same side. So you know, within the world of work, there are a whole number of stakeholders that you work with. And it's about trying to work in an environment that fits with what you're looking to do with people who kind of fit within what you're trying to do as much as possible as well. Um, the E from address is embed your routines and rituals. And this is similar to what we talked about with morning routines and evening routines. And e even things like the review, you can think of as a ritual. Trying to think about all these practices and ways of working and, and get them all embedded into your world. Um, it can take a little while to embed these things. But if you get them embedded, then it'll help your personal effectiveness because you won't even think about them. You'll just have adopted these things as best practice and as the way that you do things. Next up, we've got the two S's. So first is to steer meetings and interactions. And this is about trying to make sure that you actually are efficient in the meetings and the interactions that you have and trying to, to usher them towards productivity and productive outcomes. All too often, it's easy to go into an interaction or a meeting and find that you're not being productive. Um, but if you, if you really try and focus towards productivity in those environments um, and those coming together as a people, then you'll be more personally effective overall. And then the last one is to stay on track under pressure. Now, that sounds kind of simple, but there are tools and things that you can do that will help you do that. We've talked about some of the tools elsewhere. Um, but it, I guess just acknowledging that pressure comes up and makes things harder. And, and, you know, under pressure, you'll strain and you'll bend out of shape a little bit. But trying to make sure that you're as focused and as effective as you can be under pressure and that you're staying on track is helpful. So that's the address seven principles of personal effectiveness. Which, which one of those is your favorite? Have you got a favorite or do you like them I all don't have, I don't have a favorite. Um, I have, I think, I think the systems piece yeah. is really important. Develop a um, system you trust. Because it's what's there when everything else falls apart. Yeah, you can trust, you can trust the process sometimes, can't you? Cool. So any uh, stories from the keyboard for you? Uh, probably just one really straightforward one. I've probably shared enough in this episode about <laughs> my challenges. Uh, one story from the keyboard for me would be um, the way that, particularly on major events and big projects that are coming to the end, yeah. uh, the use of a task list that is uh, effectively has a timeline for the day running down the side in 10-minute oh, yeah. in increments mm -hmm. and then has a context-based task list okay. is amazing when you run a massive team. Cool. So I used to run a, a team of, of about 500 people on site. I had uh, four key, five key members of staff, and they ran teams of huge numbers. Sure. And so I had their names across the top. I had uh, health and safety, legal, uh, major complaints, and something else. I can't remember. And uh, hospitality and sponsors. And so at the beginning of the day, I would start at 6 a.m., and my day would be filled. And I would say, I'll come and see you at 10. Yeah. 10, and I'll yep, come yep. and see you at 20 past 10. And... I would, when you're a very not, when you're not working at a desk, mm. you're trying to find people in a big space, particularly if you're working on a big project or a site, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. That and then good. you save things for people until you see them. And as you see them walking past you, you say, hey, hey, Dave, come here, Dave, 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 mm -hmm. Dave, can I just run you through the four things that I've got to talk to you about? And he says, oh, I've got three for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's amazing. That's uh, good. So when you're working in really big teams in busy spaces um, or noisy spaces, it's really, really good. Cool. I guess my, my thought on this is around trying to get consistency within a team. So I've done a lot of work um, coaching teams through adopting new ways of working and, and new practices within them. And one of the things I've seen when I've rolled out things for teams is that individuals and teams have different ways of working. And if you speak to people in a team, everyone will think that they're doing something and they'll all be doing it in a different way and it's all kind of okay. But if you can get people doing things the same way, then it's just hugely more effective. Yep. So some form of consistency and sharing, um, even of knowledge around how everybody else is working is a really powerful thing. Um, so, you know, I like doing stuff like that through information centers, but things like uh, shared to-do lists or consistent um, project status reporting or whatever it happens to be can really help bring people together. So I guess my, my sort of tell from a keyboard is around the power of consistency and approach within teams. Um, it's sometimes hard to do that because you want a bit of uh, individuality as well. 
Um, but you know, trying to get some consistency is really helpful. Any um, any top tips from you? Don't get stuck with a system. Don't just, get stuck just, with a system. Just because you've invested two years in it and it's worked for you. Don't like obsess a, that that's your system. Yeah, like a way Things of working system. Yeah. yeah, so if you've got a task-based system, well, it's any, a way of working or um, a way you run your team meetings, it doesn't matter what it is. Things change all the time. And if you and it may have worked with you. I've got things that worked for me for 10 years. Yeah. But then I went to self-employed and they just fell away. They no longer work in any way, shape or form because they don't, that's not how I work anymore. So just be really open to that and don't get too hung on to things. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I guess my top tip is to speak to other people about what they do, particularly if you're in a workplace. So, you know, if you've got a way of doing something, speak to the others in your team and say, do they have a way of working? Do they want to do things the same way? Do they do it the same way? What can you learn from others? Um, and I like your idea or your, your top tip about being willing to evolve and change things every time. I think that's helpful as well. All right. Well, I guess that's a bit light on top tips, but we've had lots of tips throughout the whole episode, so I think that's pretty good. Um, let's just kind of wrap things up and say that if people would like to get in touch, they can do that. They can look at the website, www.worldofwork.io, um, and they can check us out on all the social media places. And uh, what's the best one? On social media, without question, Twitter. Twitter? I mean, it's not the best one. I mean, they're no, all great, no, no, obviously. Course, we're not saying that, but we're saying we tend to be on it the Yeah, best. the best one to get in touch with us is yeah, Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Although we are on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Yeah, so you can get us at The Wow Podcast on Twitter, and we'll, we'll reply to you. Um, yeah. And you can always give us feedback and comments on that. And, and, and genuinely, uh, I have probably tried every, every trick in the book. Some of them work for me, some of them don't. I haven't left them out because they're not brilliant. Yeah. If you've got favourites, let us know. We'll yeah, do a do. poll on this, I think, yeah, and I see think what people are doing. Cool. All right. Well, until next time, it's uh, over and out from the uh, effectiveness of personalness guru people. Kind There's of. no gurus here, <laughs> but uh, I hope it helps. Any little bit of this has helped. That's yeah, the thing. I'm sure that's so, helpful stuff in there. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Hi. Thanks for listening to this episode of the World of Work podcast. To learn more about what we do, please check out our website, www.worldofwork.io, where you can read some great articles, learn more about the seminars and courses that we deliver, or even support us if you wish through our Patreon page. That's www.worldofwork.io. Thank you.